We're wrapping up mailbag week with what ifs and two man games. Who's the best? And Rhode Island's finest. <laughs> I love it, of course. Right now, it's all right now. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you, well, not every day, but every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for August and into September, slowing down here as the uh, NBA offseason grinds to a halt, but still giving you more podcasts than anybody else. So three days a week for the next mm, five weeks or so. Uh, so subscribe wherever you get your podcast, get onto that YouTube page, get into the comment section. Let me know what you think. Answer some of these questions yourself. Tell me if I'm right or wrong or whatever. I'm John Corrales. I used to play back in the day. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston sports journal. I also wrote a book by the way, called Boston Celtics, all time all-stars. Uh, you can buy that wherever you can find your books online. Ending up mailbag week. That's right. I recorded all three shows. Uh, on Sunday, they, uh, have been spread out. This is why I look exactly the same as I did in my first two shows. If you're watching the show on YouTube on Monday and Wednesday, yeah, I'm not just wearing this Buffalo bills, uh, body lotion shirt for, because I love the shirt. Although it's a cool shirt. If you're into silence of the lambs, uh, but, uh, yeah, I did this because, uh, I've been away all week. So I pre-recorded three shows for you. So you can get all three podcasts this week while I was away just hammering rum and gaining 20 pounds. So hope you enjoyed the shows. Hope you subscribe. And uh, hopefully nothing happened over the course of the week. But if it did, I'll talk about it on Monday. Uh, mailbag questions can be uh, submitted via johncorrales.com slash mailbag, by the way. Get your questions in. Plenty of mailbags still going on over the course of the uh, off season. So let's just get into it right now. Uh, Bob says uh, he enjoyed the podcast of the what ifs with the injuries. How about this? What if Joe Missoula had Malcolm Brogdon closing games instead of Marcus smart? Uh, does that improve on the tendency to collapse at the end of games? And when the Celtics traded for Brogdon it was pretty explicit that that was Ime's intention. Now, I don't know if Ime Udoka would have done that. Who knows? He might've, he might not have. Uh, what if Brogdon finished instead of smart? Well, you look at the numbers and he, he Brogdon had pretty good numbers with Jason Tatum. He had pretty bad numbers, uh, or not as good numbers with Jalen Brown. And that dragged down the performance for all three. I don't, I don't know how much that would have changed things. I don't think that Brogdon coming in would have changed a ton about like late game collapses because the, the, the offense was running through Tatum 
And so I think Brogdon would have been just like Mal, uh, Marcus Smart, kind of off in the corner. Now, of course, Brogdon's a better shooter, so maybe he hit some shots that Smart didn't hit. But I don't think Smart's shooting cost the Celtics all of those games, right? And I know that people who don't like Marcus Smart will say, oh, it cost them all the games. But I don't think that that playing Brogdon in those situations would have been much better. But again, he would have been a better shooter. They might have won a couple of games. But they also, it's possible because of his defense, which was not as good, uh, maybe they would have lost some of the games that they won. So maybe it comes out in the wash. Maybe they win a few of the games that they they lost, but they lose a few of the games that they won, and it doesn't make a material difference. It's one thing that I have to kind of trust Missoula in I say this knowing that people will throw Derek White at me because I think Derek White should have been closing and he wasn't. I'd like to think that him and his staff would have come up with, hey, what about Malcolm Brogdon? Like, I don't think that didn't come up, right? So I, if it came up, then it's probably um, – it, there, there were probably reasons that it didn't, it didn't happen. So I can't say that it would be much different. I don't think like, I, I don't, I haven't spent time thinking of last season and thinking, man, if only Brogdon would have played down the stretch instead of Marcus, like that thoughts never come into my head. Um, and, and I think part of the reason why Brogdon kind of lasted as long as he did, uh, is because he was they limited his kind of time uh his time there uh on the floor like they they limited his time. Hey by the way today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com/lockdownnba. Enter the promo code lockdownnba for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Uh continuing the what ifs. Owen says, what if the Kristaps Porzingis trade happened last season at the trade deadline? Whew. Well, if it's the exact same deal and Marcus Smart goes to Memphis in the middle of the season and it's Porzingis basically for Marcus Smart and the Celtics get, you know, the, you know, the picks, it's the same deal. Man, that, that would be an interesting it'd be an interesting scenario if that happened at the deadline. Because obviously it changes a lot about what the Celtics were, right? And if if Porzingis comes in at the deadline, I don't know what Rob would have done. Like I don't know what they would have done with Robert Williams. They he may have been kind of sort of phased out to to some degree. Porzingis would have come in and just taken the Robert Williams minutes, and because I just don't know what what Joe Mazzulla would have done to to throw Rob in there, uh, coming off the injury, coming off the, I'm coming off the surgery, I should say. It was pretty clear to me all season long that that Joe didn't want to throw Rob in there. He went to Rob in the playoffs. Remember in the Philly series, he went to Rob. It was like with some trepidation, and everybody's like, "Yay, finally, we got to Rob!" And and Joe, I think Joe was kind of pushed 
in that direction. And the second in the Miami series that it was like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't play Rob. He was like, yep, absolutely. Taking Rob off the floor happened quickly. Getting Rob into the starting lineup happened slowly. So I feel like we might've seen Rob kind of end up like Grant Williams, both Rob and Grant would have been benched or minimized. Rob would have had to play because he's so good. Like, I really do think he's that good, but he would have been minimized for sure. Grant would have been benched, but Rob would have been kind of seventh man, eighth man. Uh, I think, I think because Al Horford was having a 44% shooting year. Porzingis was having his, the best year of his career efficiency wise. I think Joe would have been like, look at this shiny new toy I get to play with. So does that mean they win a championship? I mean, it, now, now we're going a different path that could have changed their seed. Maybe they would have been the top seed and that would have changed the entire, they face Miami in the first round. Does that, does that help them? That means Tyler hero doesn't get hurt because he got hurt against Milwaukee. Maybe cosmically he was always supposed to get hurt in the first round, but he got hurt in that Milwaukee series inherently if he was playing Boston he wouldn't have been in that position to get hurt so I think Tyler Hero's injury was actually part of why Miami was able to make that run because he was not a defensive liability they they actually had good defenders out there and the guys that they put in there just decided that they were going to shoot better than Tyler Hero which is outrageous. It was an outrageous shooting uh, uh, outlier performance. Hey, good for them, but they actually were shooting better than Tyler Hero and defending better than Tyler Hero. So that all that said is to say if Tyler Hero was playing, then Miami would not have been as good. And the Celtics might have won that first round series. Miami would have gotten bounced in the first round and it would have been an entirely different playoffs. So that's a, that's a, what if that needs a whole lot more exploring? We'll table that for now. I think it probably would have worked well. I'll just say that probably would have worked well, but I don't know how it would have gone defensively, uh, for the Celtics having it happen midstream, but could the Celtics have gotten to the finals? Could they have won a championship? Maybe, maybe. I'm not going to say they wouldn't have. We'll get back to, uh, we'll come back and get into the two-man game. The whole second section is about two-man games uh, with a bunch of different, like, offshoots on that. First, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Now, Bird Dogs are super comfortable, super stylish, and like they just make you look good. Stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and and your leg to give you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts uh, do the exact same thing as Lululemon for you know, but they fit way better, uh, better than regular shorts, which are stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs uh, got past the stiff restricting cotton thing by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches. So you get a very slim fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs uses anti-sweat, anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Now, at this point in the ad, 
I'm supposed to show you bird dogs and show you this very cool white tech hat that you get as a free gift when you go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NBA. However, uh, I have a 14 year old boy in the house and he stole all of my bird dogs, including the hat. That's a 14 year old boy who thinks bird dogs look good enough, feel good enough, and are comfortable enough that, that he will take them for me. So this is, I'm telling you, it's 14 year old boy approved. So if the teens are walking around wearing the bird dogs, then you, my friend, can walk around wearing the bird dogs, knowing that you feel cool, knowing that they're comfortable. I would love to show you the very cool white tech hat that uh, I got, but this 14 year old is now wearing it out on the Cape. So if you see a very stylish 14 year old in bird dog shorts and a white tech hat, please tell them to return them to me because I would like to wear them myself. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA, or you go enter the promo code NBA for a free white tech hat that I don't have anymore. Uh, that's birddogs.com slash NBA or promo code NBA for a free white tech hat. I'm telling you, you will not want to take off your bird dogs. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Back next week. Sure, more, more mailbag questions. If you got them, send them in, johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Be back three days next week. If anything's happened while I'm on vacation all this week, then I will be here for you next week to talk about whatever and get into some more what-ifs, get into more uh, discussion about, you know, Derek White's got an extension coming up, potentially. We'll, we'll talk about that next week as well. So there's still a lot to talk about here in the Celtics sphere. So uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Let's get back into the mailbag. Jonas. Jonas is driving this whole second segment because he says, I think the Celtics could really cook this season if JT and Rob develop a Harden and Bede level two-man game and if KP and JB do the same. It would be unstoppable. So we'll start with that. Can those guys, can the Celtics get not one, but two two-man games going on? So. I mean, Rob, Rob's already like a ready-made two-man game because he has all of the tools to make that happen. The best two-man game, and let me just fold in his other question by, before I get into this. I'm really fascinated by the two-man game strategy around the NBA. Uh, were you ever part of a dynamic duo? How do you develop a two-man game? How do you rank the top all-time two-man games in NBA history? Do Celtics make the list? Okay. To develop that two-man game, you got to have, first of all, it's just chemistry. It's feel. It's repetition. But sometimes you just got to have a good partner. And having a good partner is that chemistry, that feel, that's magic. and. You look at, to me, the best was Stockton Malone. And it's different from best duo, right? It's the best two-man game is not best duo. So Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum are arguably the best duo in the NBA or one of the best duos in the NBA. But do they have the best two-man game? No, they don't play off each other at all. Best two-man game is playing off each other. How do you develop that? Chemistry has to be right. The communication has to be right. 
I think Robert Williams is a great two-man game type of guy because to run a pick and roll, right? Kind of the foundation of the pick, the 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 two-man game. Pick and roll, dribble handoff, pitch backs. You have to understand a lot of times what's going on with the defense. You have to understand what your partner wants to do. What's he capable of doing? A great passing big like Rob is key because you know wherever you go and you're open, he's going to find you. Like I believe in Robert Williams passing that much. I, I really hope the Celtics and that staff incorporate his passing much more than they have uh, recently. I think Brad Stevens has been the best at unlocking the Robert Williams uh, passing. So I think having that feel developed, like if you and the partner, your big or your, your guard, are seeing the same thing at the same time, you got to see the same thing at the same time. You got to be, you got to both understand they just went under. When the other team goes under, this is what we do, right? Are you, are you running a dribble handoff? Well, they went under, so it's more of a pitch back, turn, screen, set up the three. Now, also understand that as you set a screen, if they fight through it, you can also make a beeline because depending on what the defense does, you can go right to the rim and just kind of turn and the guy who was going to step back and shoot, maybe he just takes an extra beat. Let It's almost like a screen pass in football. You kind of let the defense go through. He waits for them, dumps it off to the guy, the big, and boom, that's a layup. Or maybe it's a, maybe it's a dump off. Who knows? But the point is, both guys are reading the same thing at the same time. That takes time. That takes a lot of uh, effort. It takes a lot of repetition. JT and Rob doing that, much more likely than Jalen Brown and Kristaps uh, Porzingis. Much more likely. Simply because Tatum is a better ball handler and he's worked with Rob a lot more. He's a better passer. So he's that chemistry, him and Rob, and that, that would work so much better. And they're, they're kind of the same size. Rob and JT are the same size. So it's almost like you, you guys want to switch? Sure. We'll invite the switch because Rob is smart enough to slip that and get the pass and then make the next right play after that. It's just more likely because those are the two guys that have played together. It's tougher for Jalen and Chris stops because Jalen is not, uh, necessarily a pick and roll ball handler and for Porzingis and him to kind of work that it'll take a lot by the end of the season. Maybe it's a different story, but that takes time, effort, execution, repetition. Now I've never been a part of that kind of two man game. Um, that was not how our, our team was really run. We're not a big pick and roll team. So that was 
I never had that kind of thing going on, but it's fun when you, when you can kind of work that I, I did have like a little big to big with my, with my, uh, my teammate, Ken, uh, Ken Laflamme, who was, uh, the center and I was the power forward. We, we did set picks for one another. A lot of times, uh, my favorite play was a very simple cross screen. I would read the defense and either pop up to the elbow or run around and post. And if I got the ball at the elbow or if Ken, you like, if I set the screen for Ken very, very often there was a dump down pass and we would, we were really good. I think passing to one another not exactly a two-man game, but kind of, sort of, a big-to-big two-man game. Not the same thing, but the closest I ever got. As far as the top two-man games, you're looking at point guard and uh, a big. So uh, I would say I would say Stockton and Malone are probably the best. Um, you got to have good passing. So. Um, you know, I, I've been I've been trying to think about this all day long. Magic, Magic and Kareem, you know that type of stuff. I mean, Magic and Magic's such an amazing passer. Um, yeah, Bird, Bird, Bill Walton, Bird and Bill Walton had a great two man game because Walton is such a. It, it, the The running theme is finesse passing kind of guy. Bird and Walton played. Walton didn't have a ton left by the time he was with the Celtics, but. Man, him and Bird would work, just dump it in, baseline cut, over the head pass. I mean, just beautiful stuff. But you had to be a, a, a big time passing big to, to get that, um, to have that kind of dynamic. All right, let's uh, come back and get into Rhode Island's finest minds. There are a few of us uh, over here in Rhode Island with, with Rhode Island connections in the NBA. And uh, my celebrity game performance. Okay, sure. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Check out Lockdown NBA every every day, Monday through Friday. Still Monday through Friday. I host on Wednesdays, not this past Wednesday, but next Wednesday I'll be there with Jake Madison. Rotating host all week long. It's a good time. Uh, fun topics all week long. So check out the Lockdown NBA podcast. All right, third segment is reserved for the more fun, goofy, off-the-wall kind of questions. So if you've got something like that and you go to johncorrales.com slash mailbag, then you can submit questions like Owen, who said, who is the better basketball personnel from Rhode Island? Mike Malone, Joe Mazzula, or Lamar Odom? Uh, you forgot somebody. Me! No, okay, fine. Uh, Joe and Mike Malone went to Bishop Hendrickin. Lamar, URI, I remember that. Uh, it's your home state. So, you know, best. Yeah. Nice slight, nice slight leaving me off the list. I got to go with Mike Malone, Michael Malone, because he just won a championship. Lamar Odom. I remember going to the civic center, watching him. And I was like, God, this dude does not move when he doesn't have the ball. It was so good when he had the ball, when he didn't have it, I was like, come on. But I mean, as a player, obviously he's one of the best to come through. Uh, but Michael Malone just won a championship. So how can I argue with that? Rhode Island's finest, Michael Malone, uh, in a brief stop through through Rhode Island. But uh, Joe, you know, hey, you got you got some you got some room. 
let's see if you can climb to the top of that ladder. Charlie says, asks, have you ever visited Vermont? Now I did talk about States that I have visited and haven't visited. I mean, I'm from Rhode Island, so I've been to every new England state multiple times. Vermont, when I was younger and I was skiing like crazy, it was one of my favorite spots. Uh, I've been to Stowe. I've been to Killington. I've been to Mount Snow. Um, I've been to Okemo. Uh, when I was young, I haven't skied in a long time, but Vermont skiing is amazing. So is skiing in New Hampshire. So is skiing in Maine. Uh, but when I was younger and I had a ton of ski trips, Killington, a ton of times, Mount Snow, tons of times. I remember my, one of my favorite stories of Mount Snow is when I went, I was young, I was probably like 10 skiing and my dad brought me out there and it was just a big block of ice. No one was on the mountain because it was just horrible conditions, but we decided to go up to Mount Snow for a weekend. We rented a cabin and my dad said, we're here, we're going skiing. And he, he put me out there. I was obviously not a great skier. And we went to the top of the mountain and I could not stop. And I was just basically a straight line from, I don't know how I'm here to even tell you this story because I was a 10 year old on a big giant ice cube and just whew, straight down. I fell somewhere, fell somewhere halfway up the mountain. I think I made it all the way down, uh, still off my skis and I didn't stop. So Fun times in Vermont. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, no, Vermont. Vermont is beautiful. Vermont is awesome. Uh, Owen, same. Oh yeah, Owen's Owen's very heavily featured here. Says if you were in the NBA All Star Celebrity Game next year, how would you do? Well, I probably not well because I'm 50, and most of my skills have gone away. But I will say. If the NBA said, hey, John, we would like you to participate in the all-star celebrity game, I would take it very seriously, and I would go out there and shoot a ton of shots and get myself ready. I don't know what kind of shape I would be in, but I would get my jumper as wet as possible. Uh, I I think, I don't know. I think it's it's the celebrity game. But also, like I said, I'm 50, so I would not be moving well, right? I would not be sprinting up and down the floor. I'm not, I'm, I can't jump anymore. I used to be able to dunk. Now I can barely like, I, <laughs> we're shooting around outside in my hoop in the yard and the ball got wedged. And I thought, let me just jump up and, and, and knock that out because I've always all my life been able to jump and like dislodge a wedgie and I couldn't reach the wedgie. And I just sat there and grabbed my shorts and I was just like, oh, damn old age, just cursing, cursing my, I mean, I'm also like probably a solid 75 pounds above my, my playing weight. So it's, it's been a long road. So it's, it's not the same. And now Owen asked the final question here, which NBA player do you most play like and why current player only? Well, the current player only thing makes it very difficult because I was a post player and you don't, there's no current player. I have no current comp. I was trying to think of a current comp. I can't think of one. I was a post player. I played a lot in the post back to the basket. I would get my, like I said, 
Ken and I would screen for each other in college. Uh, a lot of time, like one of us comes over. So Ken screens for me. I'm reading the defense. Is he, you know, which side is he on? I'm going, if he's up high, I'm going down low. I'm going baseline. I'm getting position on the block. I'm trying to catch the pass. And then either I am just drop stepping and scoring or, you know, jump hook, or I'm going to find a, you know, someone to, to, to pass to, uh, trust me, I didn't pass a ton when I was in college, uh, or I would go up high. If I caught the ball in the high post, a lot of times if they overreacted, dump down to Ken for a dunk, that was an easy play, but that was it. Who plays like that? Who has a back to the basket game, but flashes to the elbow to hit 15 footers, which I hit at like 55%. So that was, you know, I had a solid mid range game, but I didn't shoot threes in college. I was, I wasn't, I didn't bring my game all the way out to the three point line. That's not what they wanted me to do. I was a big rebounder. Um, I had, uh, probably seven, seven or eight, 20 rebound games in college. So I was, I was definitely around the basket. You know, I, I've, I've a few 2020 games, uh, to my credit. And so who's, who's that like undersized guy that didn't shoot threes. That was kind of more mid range. And like, no one plays like that now. No one plays like that. So what's my current comp? Nobody, you know, Grant Williams, maybe, but I wasn't a I wasn't a three point shooter. So that's out. It was again, get to remember I played ball college was like mid nineties. And when I was in Greece, it was the, the tail like 1996. So early to mid nineties was my heyday. So that's three point emphasis. No, it was all, I'm all back to the basket, mid range kind of guy, not bringing the ball up, not any of that stuff. So undersized power forward kind of guy, or at my, at that level, kind of apt, aptly sized power forward. So I got no comp. If you have a comp for me, then that's how I played. That's how I played. Um, scored a ton around the basket, scored a ton in the paint, scored some in the mid range jumpers, uh, didn't take it out to the three point line. That was it. Very old school basketball. I'm a very old school type of player. Trust me. I would have loved to shoot three pointers. I wanted to, I wanted to, my coach could attest to that. I wanted to, um, <laughs> in fact, I played in a, an all-star game my senior year after it was over. I played an all-star game. The coach was there and I decided that I was going to start taking threes in the all-star game. I hit like three or four threes in the all-star game. And after each one I turned and I looked at him in the crowd, I just gave him a little glare and everybody who was there was like a few teammates of mine. They were all laughing because I was like looking at the coach and I was doing it kind of like half jokingly, but it was more like, told you, told you I could. So that was the extent of it. Maybe I should have shot more threes, man. I should have just done it. All right, that's been the week of mailbag episodes. Thank you so much for all the questions at johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Submit more questions. If you got more questions, plenty of time in the offseason to answer more questions if you if you got them. Uh, but plenty to talk about otherwise, too. 
so I'll be back next week with three more shows, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, again, talking about Derek White's extension. Uh, that's going to be a topic that's coming up and other things. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. More podcasting here about the Celtics than anywhere else. Trying to have some fun in the offseason. Not going to go off topic like this during the regular season, but I will give you five, six, maybe seven podcasts a week during the regular season. So make sure you are subscribed. If you're an everydayer, if you want to, if you're listening on a regular basis, would love it if you share the podcast, spread the word, tell your friends that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.